already know what it is y'all 20th episode welcome back to another episode of can i help you uh, can you believe it for our bitches. 20th episode yeah i'm gonna believe we're like a 100 i said that'll be wild yeah i know so what what's been up with y'all what what what, what what's been going on there's just been a lot of stress lately um just family stress um and then stress with the um my dwelling and so everything's starting to get into the works so I had to go out and pick flooring today I picked up samples and now I'm gonna put it in my dwelling see which ones I like and then order those but yeah there's just a lot of things that need to get done um and I feel like so little time and I'm doing a lot of like running back and forth so my car is definitely getting more miles you know since I work from home it's not used to driving that much mm-hmm. so a lot of running around the city I went to South Carolina today for the podcast oh uh, shit yeah well it's only 20 minutes away oh yeah, it's not that far. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just been busy, stress, a lot of running around, picking things out, making sure things are in order, having to contact my site adjuster, insurance, just all that mess. It's just been too much. And I haven't been sleeping as much. So to this morning, I had like a mental breakdown at work just because everything was hitting me at once with like just everyone trying to talk to me and then I ended up getting like a small like panic attack like my heart was just beating so fast and so like I had to take off my headset and just like breathe Mm -hmm. and I was just like oh my god I'm just so tired and then I and then I just started crying, not not my like real cries, but you know it was there just like a few tears coming down each eye, and then I just went back and did do whatever I needed to do. I'm sorry, no, it's okay. It just really is like I just need to sleep because I only get like this when I don't sleep a lot. What have you been doing at night lately? that you haven't been sleeping so i've been um with family oh (laughs) (laughs) when you went from north carolina to south carolina do you feel the racism i remember i took a road trip yeah yeah (laughs) right oh Oh my my gosh so okay right so i went to go look at my flooring right to try and like pick stuff out you know allergies i've been sneezing a lot and i got tested it's negative but i've been sneezing a lot and so i'm like okay when i go into the store i know i'm gonna start having like a sneeze attack so i'm putting on my mask this old white couple comes in and they're walking towards me and you know pretty much every place i've been in the south like people like look at you and they like say hi yeah they he pretended like I didn't exist, and I know it's because I had a fucking mask on. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Like 
there's like this <laughs> invisible line that goes through North Carolina and South Carolina. And inherently they're both the South, but for some reason, South Carolina is like way more uncomfortable than North Carolina. I remember I took a road trip down there and we went through North Carolina, no biggie, whatever. And then we decided to stop at a like diner because it was very early. So we needed to munch on something. I driven the whole night. So we stopped at this diner. Just so happens to be in South Carolina about an hour from our destination. So we stopped. And this diner was like, have y'all ever watched Courage the Cowardly Dog? Yes. It looked like the house in the middle of nowhere, but it was like the only thing in sight. So we go in and the bell goes off, like in the like in the movies when somebody goes into the saloon, bell goes off. Every single white old person, mind you, only white old people at this diner, just turns around and just stares. You could hear a fucking pin drop. It was so scary. Oh yeah. And like they could smell, they could smell the 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 color on us. They could smell the city on us. It was so weird. They just kept staring. I was like, um, I'll just have uh, the eggs and grits. And the old lady was like, we only have, we only have sweet grits. We only have sweet. I was like, all right, I'll have the sweet grits. <laughs> you know what she was thinking? Mm-hmm. I know it's the mm-hmm. that and Yankee, because mm-hmm. I see it on the um the Reddit, like oh my gosh, all these Yankees coming down here and they can't drive. Yep, no, they can't drive. I mean, that was us in Wisconsin. Remember, Trina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wisconsin was also a funny one, and we like, were we just going in like Dairy Queen. Yeah, we literally walked in this one diner because it was like close by they all looked at us we just closed the door and walked right out we, 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 we were like we were like McDonald's down the street too let's just go to McDonald's I'm sorry yes McDonald's and Dairy Queen that's all we went to it's like you could just feel the racism it was just crazy and even the Airbnb like that little neighborhood was kind of funky mm. well there's not confederate flags but anyway what about y'all my week was good. Um, I lost my debit card <laughs> in the movie theater. No. So, which is like fine because that made it forced me to pay off my credit card so that I can have money to use. Um, but then my mother sent me my debit card today. So hopefully it gets here by tomorrow. It's my man's birthday this week. Um, and my portion of the celebration is tomorrow because he has a lot of people that want to do a thing mm-hmm. but he doesn't like doing things so what ends up happening is that instead of just planning one large thing it's a whole bunch of little small things so it's like on Friday he's going to the bar on Saturday, we're going to his mother's house in the morning. After that, we're probably going to hang out with his friends. After that, we're probably going to hang out with another pair of his friends. And so it's just like, it would be so much more easier if we just did one large thing. But no, because he doesn't like it, we have to do a thousand and one things, which is fine. It's his birthday. <laughs> you know, it's not mine. So, But besides that, this has been a good week. I have a job coming up on Friday. So I've just been working. What about you, Damal? Um, same. So I was, I've been like spending a lot of time at my job 
mind you, I do very little on my job. Um, if my boss hears this, I do a lot, actually. I do so much, you know, that I, I deserve to be part of the company. Anyways, I do so little. <laughs> I'm so bored most of the time that, like, most of the times I just watch YouTube or Netflix. But I was thinking, like, oh, this is, like, a great time to, like, get back into creating and doing things. So that's what I've been doing all week, spending most of my work day on my laptop on illustrator out of all things which i used to hate so much back in college like just trying to work the program and creating things so we'll see what what comes out of that i'm just i'm just still chalked i'm still shocked that um i like illustrator so much because i used to hate illustration class i used to hate graphic design and that's mostly because i hated all the teachers except for this one dude who like he knew what was up. He knew I wasn't there for any of it. So, um, but yeah, just doing that, I guess. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Like, I guess. I want to see what you're making. I know. Like, that's real. Like, that's fun. Like, going back into, like, making. Yeah. But I, I think you're doing fun think, it is. I think you're on the, I think you're on the track that everybody else is on, though. Because I feel like everyone who I know who someone knows how to draw mm-hmm. i'm the opposite i put a whole bunch of stuff in my cart i'm about to spend a hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> and that's real girl that's real i bought wash paint the other day it was like 60 bucks i was like god i forgot how expensive it is to be a freaking artist like yeah. oh god. and gouache is like stupid expensive stupid oh, like, even, so like the littlest tubes yeah those cost like freaking 10 bucks yeah but noel's but right so they are pretty. so pretty yeah yeah they yeah. are especially if you know how to use them really well and they work with everything so it goes on watercolor it goes on um you could do acrylic you could do anything with it so i i mean i get it but shit damn give us a break <laughs> shit damn the fuck <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Oh, right, so um, just, oh, this is my week. So you know how Noelle had fashion. Um, so I really wanted to talk about um, genitalia <laughs> this episode. And so the reason for me sparking this sort of conversation was because I wanted to talk about my own genitalia your pussy yes my vagine my vagina my pussy my poom poom whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it your toto my toto so i at the age of 28 went to my first gynecologist appointment this month or no at the end of last month <sighs> And, you know, so for me, the reason why I'd never gone to a gynecologist was because I never felt like I needed it because, you know, I wasn't sexually active until later in life. Well, about a year ago. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, like I don't need to go to a gynecologist. Um, But after having a conversation with my stepmother, she was like, it doesn't matter if you're having sex or not. You, you need to go to the gynecologist because, one, there's other things going on with your vagina other than sex. Like, you want to check for, like, ovarian cysts. Um, 
you know, if anything is funky down there, you want to make sure, you know, you see like a doctor and make sure you're not self-diagnosing or diagnosing yourself wrong. You know, there's just like a lot of things that you need to take into consideration other than, you know, you go see them if you're having sex. Did they did they explain to you as a person with um whatchamacallit, a fur burger? Um do they, <laughs> <laughs> do they um how do they know if you have ovarian cysts? Because okay, <clears throat> not to cut you off, but I've had mm-hmm. for years the feeling that I am barren. And it's crazy how you have to ha- get like a specific like test for that. And my gynecologist is like, nah, you're fine. Like if I, if I worried, I would, I'll give you the test. And I was like, but how do you know? All you did was Q-tip my vagina. How do you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Vagina is I think a wonder it has world. To do, I think it has to do with uh, any like tests. So if they end up doing like the pap smear and all that, and they find something off, I think mm-hmm. that's when they call you back in to do the test or like if there's anything in your urine when they do the urine sample hmm i guess that still doesn't explain how you gonna tell if i have little little cysts or like <laughs> if i got like empty tubes or something like that but okay right. okay go ahead baby girl well we can go back to that um and so yeah I went to my first gynecologist appointment and I was so nervous I was texting the group like oh my gosh I'm going to my appointment like I don't know like I'm all I love going to the doctor I'm one of those weird people I love going to the doctor but for some reason it was making me nervous and I I have no idea why and so anyways I go in you know, they call my name. They call me Miss Rodriguez. Because, of course, they don't know how to pronounce my first name. And so of when course. I tell them, they're like, oh, okay, that's easy. Ah, that's new. <laughs> 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 and, you know, so I'm talking to the nurse. And, you know, we're just cracking jokes. And, you know, we're just having a conversation about how I moved down here and how she's from Virginia and how she moved to Charlotte by accident. It has, and you know, ended up saying, and then I ended up meeting my doctor and you know, she's nice. She comes in and I don't know, just the energy. It just felt good. It felt homey. It felt very relaxing. It felt very comfortable almost like you know I can you know trust this doctor and so then she said it's time and so you know what that means you put your your legs up in the air obviously not the air but you put your legs up Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) open those legs Mm -hmm. she takes the the clamp opens up your vagine takes the q-tip and starts you know digging in there obviously not digging but you know just light rubbing and I let out the biggest laugh (laughs) while she's doing it (laughs) she's like wow I've never heard that reaction before and I said I know I'm sorry I'm so silly it's just I just get so nervous at the doctors (laughs) so I'm just laughing 
and she's doing it and it's, it's it was just it was funny and I think once I started laughing it kind of like broke the ice and so after that was done she went in to do this one check I think just to check for her um any like hardness or I don't know something and I swear she put four fingers up my vagine because she was like oh there's there's gonna be some pressure and I swear she like full like she gave me a high five in my vagine she went four fingers (laughs) up into the vagina pushed up took her other hand and on the outside where my um like you know my fupa is she pressed down so she just literally sandwiching that skin in between and at first I was like oh this is weird but you know I don't feel any pain but when I came home I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I was stretched out it hurt so I was sore for like two days oh my god but at the end she said your vagina is healthy and for some reason that I walked out with a smile on my face I was like book the next appointment (laughs) I was just so happy I don't know what it is and (laughs) but I just was like thank you for telling me my vagina is healthy like thank you that's like the equivalent of you telling me that it's pretty it's tight then, <laughs> right <laughs> oh god but the one thing I didn't like was all the lube that came out of my <laughs> vagina afterwards she used so much lube and that shit was just leaking I was like oh my god but I, that's <laughs> that's my experience and I loved it I'll go back every week if I need to holy shit i gotta go to your doctor my doctor doesn't use lube my doctor not use lube. it's no. supposed to no you know what <clears throat> i'm glad you said that experience like my gynecologist experience have never been comfortable have never been that joyous um the last time i got a, a, a gynecologist this late she's god bless her soul she knew i was like not having it and the first gynecologist i ever went to full disclosure i have i have i have a chubby you know what okay it's misleading she's got (laughs) she's got pushing for the cushion but that speaks nothing of the entrance you know so it it looks chubby and she's like oh i'm gonna have to use the medium on you and i was so offended I was so for the clamp. I was so offended. And then she goes in. She's like, actually, this isn't going. Let me go get the little one. I was like, that's right. That's what I thought. So she goes in with the little one. Why do these clamps got to be the most intimidating looking fucking features ever? Like they can't make it cute. Like they made vibrators cute. They can't make that clamp look cute. That shit looks like a fucking contraption. No, Mm -hmm. no, nothing in there. She's like, I'm so sorry, honey. Like a toy torture device yeah like a torture device and then she opens it up and it's just oh that is like the worst feeling ever and my gynecologist doesn't uh, how do we say finger me pleasure me along the way well isn't pleasure is it pleasure i think you made that up i think you made the pleasure right up girl i was looking up because 
you know, they, you can't see what they're doing down there. So after my first gynecologist, I went home, I researched it. I was like, I'm never going to the gynecologist again. Of course I have been, but I was like, what the fuck? She put like three Q-tips up there. I swear to God, she was going to break one of those Q-tips off, off on my vagina. Like it's so rough. And then they used this like machine that I didn't know what it was. And then I went home. It's a fucking, like a, like a stamp. They take out piece of your skin out in the vagina. They stamp it out like a hole punch. Did you know okay. that? They didn't do that. They didn't do that at my appointment. Fuck. Why do I get it then? Well, okay. So I don't know. So <laughs> so fast. She was like, I can't see nothing in here. So right. It's like, like it's, it's like, go get me. <laughs> like, shave it down. Yeah. It's going down into like some. No, no, no. It was bald. It's just, you know, it's just a little. It's like a it's like a chubby kid holding a. A grape inside that's you know she's got to <laughs> spread the lips you know what made me feel uncomfortable like i i i've always gotten the clear i never gotten the finger punch yeah wait so when you so even to this day you still get the whole punch to the you're supposed to get the whole punch, and i'm glad i do get the whole punch because then they like biopsy it they biopsy no. the piece no, she didn't do that with me. Oh, it was, I don't know. But that's the pap smear, right? Yeah, that's a pap smear. You did not get a pap smear? So I did not get a pap then. Oh, then she I just, just put the Q-tip in. Oh, okay. Then I'm feeling offended for no reason. Hmm. <laughs> or that, oh. You might need to go back. <laughs> you might need to get a pap smear because they, the, they have the Q-tips, the hole punch, and they have the spoolie. Which looks like a mascara wand, and they just fucking they just raw dog you. Yeah, they just brush out your your inner lining, and then that's what they use to biopsy that too. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, so I only got the Q-tip. But God bless their soul. Yeah, God bless their soul. They're always like, oh, like they always make things seem like less than you know serious you're like oh you go, you're gonna go home you might see some light bleeding but it's totally normal totally normal bitch <laughs> i better see some bleeding after you whole punch my vagina and bleed it what the hell well, shoot i don't want to be bleeding at all period Ooh. you're you're my doctor you're supposed to make me feel better Period, period. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Wait, God. so no, what has your experience has been like with your doctor? Well, people with penises. <laughs> I was trying to think of the words and I was like, I'm breathing. Um, people with penises don't have to like do that check-in until you're like a certain age. So I think it's like when you're in your 40s or 50s that's when they put a q-tip in your pee-pee hole and they like check for like kidney stones and cancer and all that type of shit and they do like a prostate exam but that's not until i'm a lot older so a majority of the experiences that i've had with doctors has been when i was like a child and so like obviously like they hold your balls and you cough and i'm like this is strange um and your parents are there with you too. So it's like your mom is like watching your doctor hold your balls. And it's just such a very weird interaction and it's very uncomfortable. And I don't know why they allow parents in that space. Even though like I get it too, because the doctor could be doing some fucked up shit too. But 
either way it just feels all invasive to me but as an adult I didn't go to the doctor for all the time that I was in college until grad school when I got really sick and then I had to start taking a certain medication every single day and so that has been a big part of my experience with like medical doctors like I haven't gone to my doctor yet like I've only gone to the nurse and we do like the routine check-ins and keep it very like very chill and she like yells at me every single time I go there she's very sweet uh, but every single time I go there she's like you have to make an appointment with your doctor you have to make an appointment with your doctor you have to make an appointment with your doctor and I'm like girl why can't we just have this relationship be cordial like why can't <laughs> a nurse and me and call it a day I hate doctors. I hate them. I don't feel comfortable. They always tell you that you're so close to dying. It's like, I just, I don't, I don't ever have a comfortable experience with doctors. So I don't have, I try as hard as I can to like not go, but I know, I know the one that like I really need to go to soon probably is probably the dentist. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's the one that I'm like, that I'm like, okay, like, my body, I can somewhat, like, if things feel bad, you can just start, like, eating differently and moving more, and then your body kind of, like, self-regulates itself, but your teeth, on the other hand, like, you only have one pair of teeth, and then after that, they're gone, so it's, like, I want to make sure that I'm taking care of the ones I have now, um, but yeah, PP-wise, I don't have a lot of, unless I'm getting an SED test, there's not a lot of like invasive genitalia doctor exams. So you haven't been so you haven't received a physical as an adult. Hells no. Girl, you gotta get your physical. You gotta get your physical. And I'm gonna keep on pushing it back <laughs> as hard as I can. Look, after I it's, got after I got benefits at my job, the first thing I did is schedule a dentist appointment. Well, not right after. It was like a year in. I was like, <laughs> girl, I got to go to the dentist. It was the, I went to the dentist for the first time in maybe 15 years, like last year. And I was ready for her to tell me she got to take out my whole jaw. Out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was very straight up with her. I sat down on a table. She's like, any questions? And I was like, no, but I do have a question for you. If somebody has come in 15 years, what do you expect to find them out? She's like, I mean, let's open up. And I opened up. She's like, it's not that bad. And I was like, thank God. I think, I think it's the genes because I was fully expecting her to be like, yeah, we don't have to take up. 50% of your teeth this is bad but it wasn't that bad and my molars sticking out of everything but that's the first thing you gotta do go to the dentist the one thing they don't tell you is teeth gums tell a lot about your physical anatomy and if my dentist was like you should schedule with your primary doctor I listen to her more than I would listen to my gynecologist that's how that's how like serious the dentist appointment is sometimes I didn't know that mm-hmm. Because your mouth is the first like organ that like shows like disease and your mouth and your spit and stuff like that. They they tell they tell a story. Um, (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. My dentist is cool though, so I like going there. 
um they have like the the high tech now they're high tech baby girl don't be afraid of the dentist they have the tvs on the ceilings they have the good narcotics they have, they have that Dude, good... where do you be going i know she, she i have no tv shirt. on the ceiling yeah shout out to miss lee in magnolia dentistry out there in andover just treating bitches like it's a spa day so good i don't want that i'm gonna go to andover yeah, they put a little towel around your neck that smells like uh, lavender so you don't freak out when you hear the drilling. Oh, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Not the drilling. But <laughs> <laughs> well, also, too, I think even so, if you haven't even gone to a dentist in like years, I think the main thing is making sure there's no tartar buildup because I feel that will be able to save you too. I mean, yeah. That's just like simple um, brushing and flossing. Who flosses in this room? Not me. I mean, what I remember, which is maybe twice a year. <laughs> I only floss when I got a little something stuck in my teeth. And even then, I'm going to still do it. Before I even reach for a floss. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going in there with no use a finger. Yeah. I, I, I told that to my dentist too. She was like, "Oh, brushing good and, and flossing." I was like, "I'm gonna be straight up with you. I've never flossed. I don't even know how much <laughs> floss costs." To be honest, ninety nine cents. <laughs> but going yeah, back to so tedious. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not though. I think you have braces. You had to do all that shit, or your teeth will be fucked up forever. No, even a retainer. I, yeah, just because I don't want it to shift. But the thing is, I don't even need the braces. To be honest, my mom was just like, "You should get them." And my canines <laughs> were just curved in like the tiniest bit, and they still feel a little curved. Yeah, it's a little bit straighter, but still. Anywho, I just lay down in my bed and floss and watch something. And then it's like, all right, time to get up. And then I go and brush my teeth. So I make sure I'm distracted because I know if I'm just standing in a mirror trying to do it, it's going to feel like I'm in hell. But, I mean, I get that. <clears throat> you're really good at scheduling. I don't. <laughs> I have ADD. I might forget I have floss in my mouth and be like, what is this string in my mouth? Like, I'll, I'll swallow it. I swear to God, I'll swallow it. <laughs> Spaghetti. <Yeah. laughs> Shania, you are the most responsible one out of all of us. I am. That's just because it's been instilled in my head. Like, I go I to... So every year, I go to the eye doctor to get my eyes checked. Every six months, I go to the dentist. Every year, I get a physical. And then, I guess, every year, I'm going to also get my little gynecologist appointment. But like I year? said, yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> the mouth is so long. The mouth, you have a pussy too, girl. But they never tell me to come back. Am I not? <laughs> do I have a hostile vagina? Like, do they not want to see <laughs> Yes. <laughs> she walks out, takes off fat. her gloves. Yeah, t- she takes off her gloves, throws them in the trash. She's like, I can't deal with this moment. <laughs> Too much. Well, oh, so Noel, you say you don't really care for the doctors. 
I mean, like my, relationship, them. my relationship to hospitals are very much like emergency room. Like, your appointments are in the hospital? Huh? Is it your appointments are in the hospital? No, they are. They are in the hospital, but my relationship to the two hospitals is mostly the emergency room. Like, I don't go. I don't go unless I feel like I'm dying. Like, I just. <laughs> and normally. <laughs> normally when I do go and I feel like I'm dying they're like girl you have like a fever and like your fever is really strong or something it's like I don't it's like so I was always like a chubby kid growing up and when they have like chubbier kids the biggest thing that they're always worried about is diabetes or like high cholesterol or some shit like that so like that was always every single time that I went they were like, oh, you're gaining weight, but you're not diabetic and your cholesterol's fine. And so, like, for so long, every time that I went to the hospital, it was always like, you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight, because we're worried about X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z. So then I went as an adult, and the only thing, like, I still don't have diabetes. Thank God, knock on wood. Um, my cholesterol's fine. But the thing that does get me fucked up now is high blood pressure. And so I was like, oh, like, my doctor was for sure. Like, I was in college. So she uh, she always assumed that it was, like, salty food. And then she started giving me medication. And I started taking the medication. And then when I went back one day, she was like, your, high, your blood pressure is still really high. And I'm just like, I don't know why I'm taking the medication. And so <laughs> she was like, I told her that I drink like two cups of coffee before coming to my doctor's appointments. And she was like, that's the answer. So I was like, <laughs> so, I was like so my pressure, my blood pressure is only bad because I'm drinking so much coffee. And she was like, yeah. She's like, you should probably not drink or do anything before coming to your appointments. And I was like, I thought you guys tell people those things just because you don't want them to be happy. Like, I just I didn't know that was, like, a real thing. I was like, you can't, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, I'm thirsty and hungry, so I'm going to eat and, you know, do things before I get here. But she was like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And so then my blood pressure was completely fine. And even the, one, even the medication that I was taking, it was just, it was like a water pill. So basically, it just made me pee anytime that there was too much salt in my body so the first week that I was taking it I was peeing like crazy and then I started regimenting salt outside of my diet and buying adobo with no salt buying sasol with no salt in it and then just medicating like measuring my own salt when I put the stuff in the food um and then everything went pretty back to normal and so like every time that I've gone to the doctor she's like oh you're pretty fine and healthy like and she asked me, she's like, do you want to lose weight? And I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, I like to eat too. So like, I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm like, of course, like, I don't want to be like, I don't want, like, I want to have like a healthier weight for sure and be able to do things differently. But she's like, overall, you're fine. So like, I don't, yeah, my relationship to hospitals, it really is just like, girl, when you're about to die, then go. <laughs> <laughs> but that is my relationship to hospital i yeah. have a mother who is ill mm-hmm. 
was consistently in and out of the hospital. So then I also have the relationship of her and like having to deal with what does it look like for an immigrant who is not documented getting healthcare in America? Like, what does it look like to present them with health insurance? What does it look like? What does the doctor, what does the system look like, especially during COVID? Like, they only let one person in at a time. So, like, realistically, like, one of us has to be on the phone with her the whole entire time. Um, my mother is just a recent diabetic. So, like, they're constantly, she's not taking insulin, but they're constantly putting her on, I think she has, like, five different medications. And so they're constantly switching it because her body is constantly reacting to it negatively. And she had ovarian cancer a while ago. So she had her ovaries removed and she's taking hormones for that. And so it's like her medication from the cancer is fucking with her medication from her diabetes. And so it really is like a back and forth of like trying to figure things out. And then the thing that sucks is that for undocumented people, there is no dental insurance. There is insurance, but there's no dental insurance. Mm -hmm. And so realistically, I know that she probably really needs to get her teeth fixed or cleaned or whatever. And so it's just like, I think that's another reason why I don't like the hospital either is because they don't really make it. It's a subset of language that we don't have access to because we didn't learn it. And so you're trying to explain to me all of this language that I have no idea what you're talking about, how it's affecting my body, how it's affecting people in my family's bodies and like what I'm supposed to do about it. And I have no fucking clue whether or not what you're doing to me is real and is healthy for me. You know, like, it's like, obviously I have a cold. You take like ibuprofen or some shit and then you start feeling better, right? You see the results pretty instantly or Advil or Tylenol or whatever. And so like in that context, yes, I can see it like straight up. But everything else that's like more internalized in the body or more centralized, it's like, I don't know if what you're doing is actually helping me or what you're doing is benefiting the industrial hospital system you know like are you just keeping me in this position so that you can have your trip to Cabo you know like are you keeping me on the are you giving me these medications because but you get a commission yeah because you get a commission and like there's a medication that I take now in America is six thousand dollars so my health insurance doesn't cover it I have to pay six thousand dollars out of pocket in Mexico, the medication's $500, which is still ridiculously expensive because 10,000 pesos, and uh, that's, like, what people make in, like, two to three months here. So it's, like, it is extremely expensive. But as an American, it's a lot easier for me to get $500. But even then, that's still very fucking expensive for a medication that is life-saving. So it's, like, I... I think that's why my relationship with hospitals is so drastic is because, like, your job is, in the same way that police officers are shit, hospitals are also shit. Your job is to protect and serve and to make sure that I don't die. Like, that is your one fucking job, is to make sure that what you're actually doing to my body is, A, actually benefiting me, and B, not some selfish-ass fucking corporate thing because you want more money, it's like, that's not your job. Your job is really to take care of me. And that's not what happens. And 90% of the time, it's like, we all know the stories of what happens to Black and brown people when they go to hospitals, like the mistreatment, the... Or the, minimal, not, the minimalization uh, of pain is 
a it big does. thing. Misdiagnosing, too. Yeah, misdiagnosing. Uh, like, more mother, there's more black and brown mothers who die giving birth than white mothers. And it's like, why is that? It's not like the fucking anatomy is so completely different. It's like, no, because they're fucking not taking the proper precautions of people's bodies. And again, as y'all just said, like, they're not analyzing the actual pain that someone's going through. So it's like, I fucking hate hospitals. I hate hospitals. And I've been to a hospital here in Mexico. I had a really bad food poisoning once. Um, and I should probably get my dental work done here too, because it's a lot cheaper. Um, but even here, it's like, I went in and because my Spanish is very much like conversational, like I didn't understand shit of the medical, nothing. They had to get a translator for me. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I don't, I genuinely, I don't know it in English. And then he was translating to me and I was like, girl, I still don't know what you're talking about. What medication do I get? And can I go home tonight? That's all I asked. Mm. And it was just like, it was, they were wanting to do a lot more stuff because they know that it would cost me more money and they were more interested in getting more money than they were interested in actually me going home. And so again, I have a very distaste of all medical systems. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, and that's, that's fair because a lot of the times when you're, like, I was a chubby kid too. And it's like, still am chubby, but when I was younger, you know, I grew up, well, I developed faster and I was always taller and I was always bigger and you could go there for a cold, a, a strong cough. The first thing they're going to say is you got to lose weight. Um, I came here for my goddamn cough. <laughs> every man. single time, every like, yeah, like, girl, you, I stub my tongue. You gotta lose that weight. You got you a fat bitch. You gotta lose that yeah. weight. But I'll give you the lowdown on the lowdown in the at least in the United States on how to get around um the medical system. I did medical billing for a chiropractor uh for two and a half years after I got out of college and I can totally understand where Noel's coming from because if you don't think that Noel's being correct about them upcharging so they can get more money you are out of your mind insane they do upcharge they do send in um they call them medical cults that's how the bill is produced at a a doctor's office or a hospital is they bill your insurance for medical codes. And so depending on what insurance you have, they allow some medical codes and then they don't allow some other medical codes. And the ones that they don't allow is primarily the ones that either you're responsible for or the ones that they try to get you to pay for. But the biggest, the biggest rule is that hospitals always have to treat you no matter what. You go into a hospital, they have to treat you. That's different than a clinic. That's different than like urgent care. If you go to a hospital, they have to treat you for whatever it is you're going in there for. Sure, they may make you wait, but they will treat you. Secondly, they will bill you and they'll send you some scary letters and they'll send them to collections. As soon as they get into collections, you're scot-free because of HIPAA violations. Uh, collection agencies aren't supposed to chase you for, for uh, medical bills, Primarily because if you try to fight certain uh, charges from a collection agency, they have to provide proof that one, you were seen for what you were seen for, two, the codes are correct, and three, you are who you say you are. And 
due to HIPAA violations, a lot of medical office, all medical offices, at least in the United States of America, and all hospitals are not, they can't provide that information. If they do, that's a huge ass lawsuit. So if it gets sent to collection agency, you just tell a collection agency, prove it. And they cannot. So they leave you alone. Of course, you know, it's... It's how much you're willing to be bothered by collection agencies that you should do this. But if you go to a hospital, you really don't have to pay that amount that you owe. Um, you can just let it go to collections and you'll never see a bill ever again. But you have to you have to follow procedure in kind of like claiming, OK, yeah, um, it's not that simple. Just it's like not. It yeah. You can't just tell the person on the other lines, like prove it. They That's not it's going to work. You're going to have to send in a couple of letters and then that's when it goes away. But yes yeah and you can always ask the, you can always ask the hospital for an itemized bill mm-hmm. and watch your bill go so low yeah it's the reality yeah. they're putting mad shit on your bill mm-hmm. that they think that you're not going to comprehend and it's like girl but i only came in and you only swab my throat that is yeah. all you did yeah. but there's 20 other machines on there for some reason and they're saying that they did all that shit girl you did not do any of that i, I it's a very simple procedure but also, like, that's the problem with, like, the medical system, too, is that, like, even when I was a kid, like, I also had, quote-unquote, ADHD. Apparently, all of my siblings had ADHD. So we were every single one, there's five of us, every single one of us was on, quote-unquote, ADHD medication. And they love to overly prescribe young brown and black kids on ADHD medication because they want them to be subservient. They want them to be more calm, more like reasonable, like more put together in the classroom. But they don't really have ADHD. It's just a desire to keep kids from stopping being kids, which is such a strange concept. It's like they're children. They're gonna be hyper, hyper. Well, it's like to put a stop to quote unquote behavioral issues. Yeah, and I was getting extremely sick from it. And so I had I had severe stomach issues. And so like every single day I would vomit. Like it would just be clockwork. Like right after lunch, whatever I ate, it was in the toilet. Because that was around the same time that I was taking my medication. And so as an adult now, I still have a lot of like gastric, like stomach issues. That's gastrointestinal. Thank you. Stomach issues that still fuck me up today. And there are certain things I can't eat and I have to be really careful sometimes. And I get really sick from the stomach very easily. So fuck hospitals. Mm-hmm. I think I my issue. It, I love hospitals. I think my issue is like the within any sort of medical field. So like dental. Um, if you're doing more like internal medicine or like general medicine, like they're just so quick to prescribe, and. I think that's always the issue with me and I, I whatever my doctors prescribe me I usually don't take it so like I'll let them write the script but I usually don't take it unless like I'm absolutely like all right like I I, I have to take whatever they're giving me because that shit has like long lasting or it can have long lasting effects and they just like to again get a commission some of these doctors they like to get a commission right you have to say some not all um they just like to get a commission because you know it looks good on you know not their resume but like it looks good for their practice it's like oh like look at 
and you have a quote-unquote like good rate of folks using this medication and it's a success blah 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 and also like I just don't want to put anything in my body that I don't know of like I remember one time I I forgot what procedure I went through and I was just looking at the summary and I realized they gave me they were giving me fat in the hall (laughs) and I was like what like excuse me (laughs) and of course like they they know how to do it because it's like more of a controlled thing but I'm just like there's just a lot of stuff that they're doing to my body that I don't think I would want in my body there's a huge disconnect between medications and doctors like if doctors aren't making the medications um they're you know going out and basically it's kind of like makeup makeup to an a makeup artist that's medication to a doctor doctors go out and they get you know samples from different pharmaceutical companies being like oh like this is this is going to cure this this and that and some doctors prescribe them as trial run they're not going to tell you it's a trial run they'll tell you like oh this is a new medication we don't really have a lot of uh, thing, but we think it's going to cure this. So they do get a percentage. They do buy that medication. They need that money back. That's it's a whole like marketing strategy. So I get what you mean with the medication. It didn't, I mean, talk about all the problems that started from doctors prescribing medication. Let's not even get into the fact that the whole opioid crisis was started in a hospital. So move it on from the medications like if anybody's like oh they just do it for your own good no they don't they don't sometimes like growing up for me being like a thicker kid I was I was always told that I needed to lose weight and I think so when I was younger I didn't really like going to the doctor I think as I've gotten older like the language for me was a lot better um you know it's more of a simple like oh you know like you should lose weight. It's We're like more of like a should. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was more of like, okay, like you should lose weight. Um, but young, when I was younger, it's more of like, oh, like what are you doing for exercise? Have you thought about joining the Y? Like, what do you like to do for fun? <laughs> oh, do you like to swim? <laughs> Honestly, it's it never made me feel good. Well, never made me feel um, yeah, feel good. Um and I remember one of um, my doctors, my primary care physician, was, you know, go to giving my throat an exam. And she was like, oh, I think you may have thyroid issues. Is it okay if I run a test on you? And so she didn't even ask my mom. But she asked me. It was like, oh, can I run a test on you? And I'm like, okay, sure. Because it was like, are you going to question your doctor when you're young? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Because, you know, we're always taught, like, that we should entrust in them. So I was like, oh, sure. And then I remember my mom getting the bill. And she was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much this bill was, but it must have been a lot of money. Like, hundreds. Because that's the only time, like, she would get, like, super mad. And so I remember her calling the office. (laughs) Mind you, my mom is such a sweetheart. And so when he, whenever she's mad, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but you know, like, it's serious. So she called um, the office and was like, why, like, why are you tell, um, asking my daughter 
for test approval when I'm the parent. She she doesn't have a thyroid issue because obviously, as you can see with these results, it's it's normal. Uh, and you know, she was going off. And then I remember when I got older, she was like, "Yeah, I don't want you going to this doctor anymore. It's time for you to go to an adult doctor because I don't think she knows what she's doing, uh, and she's not like a real doctor." <laughs> also real, no, also real, also real. There are some, certain doctors that they don't. Oh my God, they're sometimes they're clueless, and they the the second opinion is real, y'all. Always, if you're in some sort of doubt, I know it's a they're a doctor and they have a phd and you're in a hospital you're in a click whatever and it may seem intimidating but girl ask for the second opinion be like no i'm gonna get the second opinion still get your doctorate. you can get your doctorate with c's and b's girl yep. i don't want no c and b no fucking c and b doctor <laughs> i want that a plus 101.2 101.3 we want that gpa to be five yeah, Girl, but that a hundred that A plus plus doctor costs a thousand dollars just to talk I mean, to me. Why are you giving doctor this is the the one space where you are literally you are your someone's life is in your hands. Same thing with police officers, same thing with anybody else who's working with people, specifically with people. That should also be a thing for teachers too, people who are just teaching an education. If your fucking merits are not fucking gold star you should not be allowed in those departments. You are literally working with people, people, people who are going to get affected by the things that you are doing, either physically, mentally, or spiritually. And so it's like, this is the reason why we have so many fucking corrupt ass systems, specifically with like teachers, with police officers, and with fucking doctors. Bitch, I don't want the, I don't want C plus Kathy. I want A plus Abigail. Get me Abigail. I don't know where she at, but find that bitch. I'm tired. That's, oh my God. But it's also like a guessing game when you go to the hospital too. Because not like off the bat, they're not going to know what's wrong with you. They should though. That's why we have records. That's why we have medical records. Oh, of course. But are they looking through that most of the time no. i don't think so they're really just going through a list like okay it could be this boom 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 boom, boom and trying to problem solve and be like okay we're gonna do this 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 and that and let alone all you had to do was just fart and you in the <laughs> hospital in the er because <laughs> your stomach hurts because you need a fart and they're giving you all this shit That's try to run tests on you <laughs> just because you held your fart for too long and it hurt. Yeah. It's like that's real. Like obviously everybody talks shit about what I'm WebMD. And I've been one of those victims that has had a headache and come out of the room crying it's like I might have cancer. I'm gonna like I'm gonna settle <laughs> up with everybody. <laughs> There's something to be said about nutrition and like what you can do at home before going to the doctors so I'm one of those people is like yes I go to the doctor's when it's absolutely necessary but that's because I've tried a bunch of home remedies and I have a Dominican mother girl she got a home remedy for fucking everything most of it is Vicks vaporizer not sponsored but it works some of the time you know I don't I don't I, I I've met people that are hypochondriacs. I've go to go to the hospital for everything. Have gone to the doctors for literally everything. I think my mother's one of them too. And it's like some of these problems are based on the fact that you've been eating candy for three days. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be somewhat have somewhat of common sense before 
consulting a doctor because number one, you're at the you're at the ER, you're at the clinic. They already think it's something serious. You know what I mean? So you got to take yeah. everything with a grain of salt and you got to really take care of yourself sometimes. And that has nothing to do with like weight, height. Uh, uh, you know, when you're acting a fool, you know, when you've had, you know, three days of like, yeah, it's like more lifestyle. Yeah. 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 You know, you, you are not doing the best by you sometimes and your body's going to show that hundred percent. You really have to take care of yourself before again, consulting a doctor because they're going to go immediately to the, to the emergency head and they're going to prescribe you a bunch of shit that you may not need. And again, like Trinir says, sometimes you just got to fart. Yes. Well, and that's like what Noel said too earlier, you know, when she was just like, I only go to the hospital if it's dire, but sometimes I just eat better and then like whatever, like symptoms or what may have you, they're like gone. So it really is sometimes it's just something you just need like a lifestyle change. Of course, there's symptoms and signs that you should, you know, never ignore, especially if they're super consistent. But sometimes it's a, like you said, it's like a simple fix of just like a remedy. Like all you need is a remedy and you're good. I mean, there's also like like a friend of ours right now. Her name is Chloe. Well, shout out to Chloe. She's right now, she's studying Eastern medicine in Canada. And so I think a lot about the times where like I feel like like I've watched like documentaries about medication and stuff like that. And in Chinese culture, people are less ready to go to the hospital right away and more ready to go to their local herbologist or some shit like that and so they'll be like oh i feel like i'm having issues with this they'll give them jane things i feel like i'm having issues with that they'll give them blah blah blah. like they always have something ready for them to like understand and then there was like this one i can't remember if it was a documentary or was like a series on the t on the tele um (laughs) where basically this one man cured his cancer or cured some sort of like really bad disease um with just holistic medication and so it's like a it's very confusing i for sure i'm confused because i'm not sure what is real and what isn't real i've been so accustomed to western medicine that i'm just like pop an advil and then you'll feel better but i'm not but i also wish I wish in countries like America, even though obviously Western medicine is like the number one, but I wish that there was a way where they were to give us options, you know, like, or that there were more spaces that centered in herbs or centered in like more organic ways of thinking. Because I also wonder like how many of the things that we deal with could just be solved with like a cup of tea, you know, like, <laughs> or, or like eating some like, I don't know, fucking dry ginger or some shit like that. Like, I just always wonder, cause it's like, we all have our grandmothers who have like their home remedies. My grandmother for like her high cholesterol, the bitch boils garlic, five cloves of garlic and then chews on that bitch right after. Why she does that, I'm not sure, but she feels like it's saving her life. And I believe in her. <laughs> I would not garlic raw like that, boiled. It's, it's a no for me, but I respect it. Her dedication to Vapuru, I think my grandmother has personally kept Vapuru open in business. All Dominican grandmothers, all Latinx grandmothers <laughs> have kept Vapuru in business for ye- well, four years. I remember her giving me a box of 20 when I was going, when I had when I was going to college. And I think I lost that box literally the second day. 
And I told her, and I think she sent me brand new box right after. Vapuru is like literally her life saving agent. Rub that bitch anytime you feel ill, just rub that bitch on you and you will feel better. You got a headache, put it on your temples. Period. And the real tea is that sometimes that shit actually works and it's yep. so weird. Or like she'd be like, oh, if your stomach really hurts. My favorite one, the one I literally will live by and will always make my kids do, is limon con sal. Literally, yes. if you are having, if you are having an intense stomach ache, a cup of water, a teaspoon of salt, and lots of lime, girl, it, I don't know what that shit. Baking does. soda, baking soda. You forgot the baking soda, my love. Oh, we don't put ba- we don't put baking soda in our. You don't put ba- you gotta put baking soda. I don't know, but I don't know what the fuck it does, girl. But that shit, my stomach feels right back to normal. One glass of that, and that's it. I am healed. Healed. Is it the same grandmother that told you that uh, put big vaporizer when you were breaking out as a teenager and it got substantially worse? (laughs) (laughs) She's also the one who, like, if you have a really big lump on your body, she says put salt and butter on it. And I'm just like, I don't understand this. Like, the sun butter has never worked. But for some reason, we all just do it because she tells us to do it. Um, or what was another? Oh, put toothpaste on your pimples. I yeah. don't understand that one, but that, I, I don't know. <laughs> there is, for anybody looking for Eastern um, medicine, there is this place in Alston where... <sighs> You know, the locals call it the witch doctor. He's not a witch doctor. He's a straight up like actual like person that does uh, um, does like an exam and gives you like a special mix of herbals and then you should make tea. My mom went to it when I was working in Austin. She was like, oh, I got to go see this witch doctor out there. We went and he just looked at her hand and knew exactly what was wrong with it. We didn't say anything. All we said was her name. He knew exactly what was wrong with her. It gave her two bags of like tea shit was ex- a little expensive but it did help her a lot um so there are other options too if you're looking for like home remedies and, and things like that i forget his i forget the location's name but they they specialize in making specific medical teas for uh the clients mm-hmm. and you kind of see that more now too like i've been seeing a lot of or maybe not. Um, well, I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot more like personalized health stuff. So I see it on my little Instagram and, you know, whatever like commercials come through, but like personalized, like fitness protein, personalized like vitamins, personalized whatever. Because um, everybody's, you know, different and not everybody reacts the same to just like generalized stuff. So I think that's also like important to know too. Because there's some folks that do like the blood type, um, like blood type diet. And I hear some, th- those folks, most of them like feel better because they know what diet like to be on. And they don't feel tired anymore. They don't feel fatigued. They have more energy. They can sleep better and just all that other stuff. Yeah, that gut health, that gut uh, health is important. That. Gut health is really important. Even mm-hmm. in Mexico, like there's like a couple of things that are like different in Mexico. One, there's a lot of keto restaurants and a lot of places that focus on keto. I, <laughs> if I were here a year ago, <laughs> one more year before, I would have been crazy here. 
but they're like also they get really into like trends and so like if there's a fitness because Me- because Mexico is known for like having the highest rate of diabetes because some places don't drink water they only drink coca-cola and some people but like there's a, there's like small little towns here that really believe that coca-cola is like a healing agent they'll be like oh yeah like you feel bad drinking some coke you your skin has a rash put some coke on it and it's a very interesting concept because i just i never the butter and the salt was a lot for me the coke feels like a whole nother level especially mexico um, mexico you can't drink tap water in mexico that's why they're not drinking can, water out there yeah like there's not there's very few places um even though i feel like lately i've been getting whenever i ask for water i have to be really specific about asking for a bottle of water because i'm like they've been giving me tap lately and that shit is not cute but also m- medication here a is a lot stronger in comparison to the west um and it's you can just go to a pharmacy and ask for it. Like there isn't, there's very little steps for you to need a prescription for anything. It's like, unless it's like a very expensive, very dire thing that like your insurance is paying for. Like, girl, like if I, I literally went to one and I asked for Viagra just because I wanted to use it and see what it feels like. And it didn't work, but um, I was like, oh yeah, can I have some Viagra? And she just gave it to me. And most of the time in America, you have to have a prescription for that shit. And here they're just like, okay, girl, come and get it. You have the money, you just get it. Um, I want to see my people keep their heart for longer. And I was like, oh, it didn't work. But I don't know. I don't really know what Viagra does. I don't know. I don't know how to use it properly. I'm a, I'm a, I'm Joe, I'm gonna be a doctor right now. The way I just said that, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give you this. It's called my sweet. It's for my sweet V. I'll tell you right now. My sweet V is a you can get it online you can get it over the counter i don't know how many pharmacies carry it but you can get it online and it was specifically made to boost up libido and make your juices um sweet yes yeah and you take and you take uh you're supposed to take like one three times a day and for like a day and a half so basically five pills but if you're a real trooper, you just take two, uh, like an hour before you have sex. Obviously, you got to be one of those people that like schedule sex <laughs> for this to work. Because girl, when it kicks on, it kicks on. <laughs> like you really? Yes, it kicks. I don't know if it makes your your juices any sweeter, but <laughs> ooh, ooh, you gonna be ooh, you gonna be water country. Have some fun out of this. It's a lot. It's a lot. See, that's the thing is that okay now that we're talking we're going back to genitalia because i i've always been a bottom and with my partner now we've been like flip-flopping and so there are times where i'm like i can't i get so much anxiety that i just can't perform like i just i don't know what to do my sweet like, like, i'm like oh my god your bubble's so cute but i just don't know what to do with it like i'll just play with it <laughs> touch it but and so there's like in the beginning of this in the beginning, when we were first trying out, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm just not staying hard for long enough. Um, but I think it's all, like, that for me, it was all, like, a mental thing. It was, like, very much, like, oh, I'm just not used to this positioning. It feels, like, very masculine. I don't like this sort of, like, this action feels very identity-oriented. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm not identity, so I really don't like it. And then, girl, now, now I can do it fine. Now I can do it perfectly. I can do it whenever... I'm ready. I'm ready to go whenever he is ready to go. But I do want to get that sweet, blah, 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 blah. Because I think that there is... Uh, 
There is there, you know, my favorite one of my favorite Sex in the City episodes is when Samaritha is talking about funky spunk. And she's like, mm, I'm dating a guy with the funkiest tasting spunk. And she was like, his semen tasted like it was like Clorox oh. and like ammonia or something like that. That was her like analogy. And so I do think about that often. I'm like, as a, as a girl who does, you know, spits and swallows, it has never tasted that great. So I'm like, you know, like the whole pineapple thing, I feel like how That's much realistically have to eat for it to then affect itself? And then is it only pineapple? Like, is it just a full day of piña? Or is it okay if I eat a cheeseburger? Like, will the cheeseburger affect the spunk then too? <laughs> but I don't think I've ever been with any man where their spunk was not, was tasty. I don't, there was one where his spunk literally tastes like battery acid and I stopped talking to him after the first time I was there. <laughs> yeah, that diet um, must be horrible. I don't know what it was. It was, it, again, it was, like, my young age. Like, I was, like, maybe, like, my early 18. And I was, like, finally on grinder and, like, just, you know, scoping the, scoping the field. And some guys just wanted some head. And I was, like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm in the mood. Um, and his house had, like, many locked doors. So like, you have to, like, buzz. You have to buzz it. And then when I got to it, okay, his penis was beautiful. It was a very big penis. But when he, when he come, I got, like, God, I, uh, uh, I literally could not take it. I thought it was the most disgusting thing. And I have put some nasty shit in my mouth. And it was the nastiest thing I've ever tasted in my whole entire life. So I don't, girl, is it diet? What is it? How do you make, what, Martha Stewart, dear Martha, how do I get rid of Funky Spunk? A dash of mint. I think. It has to do with diet. I, for, I feel like maybe it's the amount of water you're consuming too. Because I asked homeboy, I was like, because well, cause he asked me like, oh, like, does my semen like taste good? I was, I was really honest. I was like, you know, some days it it tastes like you've been consuming a lot of salt. i've tasted tasted my own and it always tastes like flour to me like it just tastes like i'm about to bake a cake so i don't know (laughs) what i'm eating that is allowing that to happen Mm -hmm. and he said most of the time i taste like nothing or like water (laughs) but i wonder if it's different for women like i think that or people who have vaginas like i wonder if it's different like semen feels so concentrated and has like, <laughs> like has a specific taste. It's brewing I, in the balls. I feel like Kuda Cat. I don't know if Kuda Cat's supposed to like. It, does it have? Is it supposed to have a taste? Like, is it as like is it as loogie like? Because that's the thing too is that semen is almost like a loogie. Like it's a very thick, very thick, creamy white substance. But there's some women when you have sex, like you don't you're 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 more inclined to cream than actually have like a watery type of liquid and so huh i don't know i don't fuck pussy i wouldn't well i'm just i'm just saying from what i've what i've heard like there's just some women who like cream 
because there was this big thing on Reddit one day. It was like, oh, do you want like a creamer or do you want so like someone who's like wet, wet? <laughs> it, it was very 50-50. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Trinier is the new Red Queen. If y'all want to have a conversation about Reddit, Trinier is your girl. I don't know where she got the energy and the stamina to become a Reddit queen, but she is now obsessed. I just need shit to read while I'm at work. I'm sorry. Between, <laughs> I'm losing my fucking mind. Between no else. Uh, uh, <laughs> and Trinia's man asking her, how does my cup change? I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> <laughs> well, because I feel like it is like you, because if you're doing it consistently, right, to your partner, like you would have to think like. Wait, have you like, tasted do, your own? Do I taste it? Shinya, have you tasted your own? Um, when I was younger, not recently, no. Oh, you gotta taste your own. You gotta know. Yeah, girl. Like now, yeah. You, you gotta I know what you're serving. As a kid. I tasted it as a kid, but yeah, I gotta do it adult wise. I mean, my favorite thing is when he takes my little pre-cum and then puts it in his mouth and then kisses me after. So I have tasted my own several times. No balls. Um, just the whatever. It's whatever now. Um. Uh, you have tasted yours, Trinier, because I, you, because I know he ate your puss and kissed exactly, you. Exactly, know? and kissed you. You've tasted your own. You smelled it at least on the upper lip area. I know. I always probably yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that um the juices depends on how much. Okay, this is my own personal and all to be all okay because i've had my fair share of (laughs) it's i think it depends on how much you like the person the more you like the person the better it tastes lately i have been giving a lot of head like a lot of head probably like when we see each other it has been maybe like two to three times that i'm giving him head just for the pure joy of it just because i enjoy seeing there's something about watching somebody come and there's something about specifically where you're like sucking good enough that they come while you're sucking. It is just, I don't know what it is for me, but it is a thing. <laughs> and so when I taste this cup, I don't hate it. You know, like it's not, I'm not disgusted by it. It's not, but it also isn't Baskin Robbins ice cream, girl. Like I, even as much as I like him. Miss Ma'am, <laughs> somebody is legitimately think- coming in your mouth. You better not expect Baskin Robbins. I mean, I would hope at some point we should. It should be figured out if we can get yeah, flavored yeah. tube. I want flavored semen. No, we gotta break this. We gotta break this cycle of people expecting it to taste like something it's never going to taste. It's like it's you. It's like asking someone. It's like, oh, drink this pee and pretend like it's lemonade. No, no, it's never gonna taste like lemonade. Mm-hmm. It can be clean. Like I, it's, it can be clean. And it mm-hmm. like like sometimes oh, when you what you're the only one who hasn't answered the question. What does Dan Steven taste like? Girl? Yeah, what is his semen giving? What most, is your giving? Girl, because most of the time we fucking because we feel like and I uh, and I love him and it tastes great. But when we like makeup sex or like angry fucking, <laughs> I don't always taste that great. So I spit it back on his stomach. I'm like nasty, and I walk away. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's the way it's true. It's true. I love it. 
you just walk away you know i mean but my partner does have a good like um diet so even when i say that like you know i just say it to say it but sometimes but they have a good diet and yes it has to do a lot with the water intake you don't want that pulling you want it to be cut with a little bit of water that's like taking a full shot of tequila versus like tequila on the rocks you know what i mean you can't your partner's got to hydrate very well yeah yeah well and i think that's that's what i've come up with because i feel like you could still eat because there's still people that eat like shit but if they consume a lot of water i feel like they don't get complaints but i think yeah it's you just need to consume more water because yeah my partners come the pre-com it tastes the best pre-com i think his pre-com tastes really good um because it's kind of like sweet Mm. I don't know how to explain it but it's like it's sweet and so that tastes good so like I already I already know when he's really enjoying it or even when he's about to come when like I could taste the pre-cum what's your partner's does is your partner vegetarian did I make that up in my head your partner no he eat meat he eat meat okay um sausage (laughs) um but I heard I have a lot of girlfriends who, you know, their partners are vegans and they say that vegan semen and people who eat meat semen is completely two yes. different tastes. 100%, yes. Yeah. Different tastes. She's like, a vegan semen is just, it is It is more, <laughs> she called it floral. <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> but I, I can, I can attest where for my own, like, I've been vegetarian slash pescatarian for 10 plus years. And yeah, my shit has a specific taste to it, depending on like what I'm eating on that week. And before that, it was it was stronger than it is now. It was stronger in the sense like it was way more potent than it is now. Now it's kind of like, is it water? Is it cum? I don't know. I don't know. And it depends on how close you are to like your cycle too because sometimes if you're closer to your cycle the more like pungent it could smell too but not like fish but more just like like blood i mean i don't have that but i do know i think that i think people with penises have a different i think sweat is kind of that same thing like i think if if you are sweaty and not like just like, not like that like sexy musk that we all kind of like, you know, when they're like a little bit heated or like when you're like fucking and you start to sweat. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not sexy musk. It's like, oh, I have not showered today yet musk. That is a different type. Like that, everything tastes different, smells different. Yes. Um, and it's, it's not cute. It's not cute. That's the same thing as like when you're ovulating as like mm-hmm. as a female when you're ovulating you become fucking the wolverine you can you can smell a stiff cock from a mile away that's not a joke that's serious and <laughs> <laughs> the same thing for your partner if you have a fur burger they can tell when you're on your period it's like a sixth sense or some shit like that my partner's come taste okay but I also like tasting it too. Like I, 
I think it's good. I enjoy it. Yeah. Burr, yeah burger. Tastes like horchata. <laughs> All right. You know, because it's Mexican. A Mexican horchata that you don't like or the horchata that you like? <laughs> I like. <laughs> this is how we know. This is how we know we're nasty sluts. We started talking about serious subjects like medicals. And now we're over here talking about cum taste? Well, yes, because that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> that's us can i help you we have multiple rounds seriously can i help you can i help you there are doctors that focus on sex so i but you know it's okay for us to go into it girl yeah okay i didn't know what a um a sex doctor was until i listened to the podcast uh love line with amber rose and dr chris dr chris is a sex doctor and to me it was like oh they're like a therapist it's no 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 sex doctor sometimes watches you have sex with a person and watches you masturbate to tell you what you're doing wrong i didn't know you could masturbate wrong yeah I mean, absolutely girl yeah well, especially if you're um shoot hurting yourself i mean when i was a kid they told me that i remember one of my cousins being like the way that you're supposed to masturbate is that you're supposed to take your penis because you know we're all Dominicans, so we all have foreskin, and so you're supposed to take your do- you're supposed to take a door, put your foreskin in between the like close the door and put your foreskin in between the closed door, and then you're supposed to pull it while it's in the door, and you'll come. I never did that because that just sounded too much for me personally, but that is what my cousins were doing. Where did they learn that? I'm not. <laughs> But that is apparently how you're supposed to master. And then I also remember my dad when I was growing up, when I came out to him, he was like, have you masturbated yet? And I was like, how is that going to help me be straight? And And I don't know what in his mind, he truly believed that the second that you learn how to masturbate is when the awakening of desiring pussy was like, it was just there. He's like, it, you're just gonna want it. You're gonna want pussy right after. And I was like, I don't think you understand. When I masturbate, even if it's straight porn, I'm very much not looking at the pussy. So I don't under. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, you gotta be careful with that foreskin, though. I had too many of my friends say that they've been fucking with a person who's uncircumcised, and they were writing and. The foreskin slipped off. Wait, what? Yeah. Foreskins like broke it, off. it cut off by itself. Yeah. It it just removed itself. I mean, or- yeah, it's a very sensitive. It's a, some guys have thicker foreskin and some guys have like more loose, like more like there are certain guys who it hurts for them to like try Not to just guys. That's true. People with penises. There are people with penises who their foreskin, if they didn't get it removed, they probably would never see the tip of their penis because it hurts so much to pull that. Like, it's so tight to pull that foreskin down that the edge, you probably just won't see the tip of it. Um, so sometimes they just can't. It's, it's, some of it is very fragile and it'll rip really easily. Um, even when I have sex, like if I'm fucking, like if I'm the one who's penetrating, 
I prefer it to be peeled back and then put in instead of like it being pulled up and down while it's in him because it just it hurts a lot more some people love uncircumcised dicks some people I do I do they are so much more sensitive and also because you're uncircumcised you have to be very clean with it and I feel like some guys who just are uncircumcised you know wagging their like little like the tip of their dick everywhere they go they think because they don't have because they don't have foreskin they can just fuck whenever and i'm like no 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 you still have to clean your penis too that dick cheese still gets around the little magma it's disgusting (gasps) dick cheese (sighs) oh i have left hookups because of dick cheese like there has been plenty of times where i've gone where i've gone down there and i'm like something smells off and so I either peel it back or I put their legs up and I'm like, either their butt stinks or they have dick cheese and I will walk out. I won't even be like, go shower. If you literally think that I'm going to come in here and just start slobbing on your knob when there's dick cheese on there, I am all set. I, that is because the dick cheese is not just one day. It's not two days, girls. It's it a minute. Fucking days. It is five to six days of not showering your penis properly or just not showering at all and then that's when the accumulation of that little gunk happens on the penis it so i'm just like you have not showered for several days and you i can't i, I can't how do you not smell it girl okay. go to mouth. so so i've been in conversations with some like guys in high school i remember in high school they were talking about like you know, high school students always talk about sex because they can't get it. So they just need to talk about it. And like the subject of clean, cleaning yourself came up. And like some guys were like, oh, you clean between your cheeks. And I was like, you don't, you don't go in between your cheeks. You don't pull back skin. You don't go in between your toes. You don't scrub. What are you talking about? They're like, oh no, because that's, you know, that's like gay activities. So I was like, I swear to God, I feel, I feel so bad for whoever needs to like withstand having sex with you because you must stink. You must you must do a lunch and the whole fucking gym like clears out because that is nasty. Yeah, that's the thing is that like male hygiene people, specifically like younger people with penises and their hygiene, it is really disgusting. It's like there's so much fear there's so much like homophobia rooted in hygiene because the people who are supposed to be clean are women. And so people who are women are supposed to be like the floral, the like, you know, shave pussy to like, to the brink where there's like no hair, um, you know, armpits smelling good, no mustache, no hair anywhere. Like your women are supposed to smell immaculate. And then men are supposed to be the ones who are supposed to be like, a little musky, a little rugged because they're working hard. And that's what their girl wants is that they want after a 12-hour shift of working at mechanic shop, they want to fuck. And it's like, I don't know what woman <laughs> is deeply, deeply invested. I was like, I know there are women out there who want it, but I'm like, I think they prefer you after a shower. Like, I just, I don't very, very little time do I want oil grease on my butthole. I just, I, I said no for me. Car grease? No, thank you. Um, but men have like a really weird relationship to cleanliness. Like it is stemmed in a lot of like queer and like queer antagonistic shit. It's also just like I think that there's like a lack of teaching. Like because 
again, like the people who are taught how to be cleanliness, how to be cleanly and to take care of themselves are women. And then like little boys are taught to like take care of the house and, and make money and do all of these like chores for people and do heavy lifting and shit like that. But cleanliness is not something that very few fathers are like teaching people how to like clean between your toes or even like it's like when that clean your butthole because you shit in your butthole yeah or even like how to properly clean your butthole y'all need baby wipes baby wipes so i saw this on another podcast where some dude was like i only use baby wipes and then another doctor on another podcast was like if you don't have baby wipes spit on your toilet paper and that's how you clean your butt to be honest or put water on it because I used to do that in public bathrooms. Yeah, because the thing is, is like, think about it. I know it's nasty to think about it, but say, say somebody comes up to you and shits right on the desk you're working on and they take a dry ass napkin, they clean off the shit, like that shit is clean. Or they come back with a wet baby wipe and some soap and they clean it off. And they're like, now it's clean. Which, which one of the two are you going to trust? the baby wife that baby wife exactly i and i do be flushing them because i don't like to leave remnants of anything anywhere well i mean also like the sink is like so close by it's like do you really have to spit you could just put like a little dab of water on this well not if you're in a public bathroom i mean but damn girl how many times are you in a public bathroom worried about baby wipes Mm -hmm. I saw well, this I'm really saying good. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most people who are worried about baby wives are in their own damn home. Yeah. And so it's like if you ain't gotten a damn spit, spit is your last resort. Girl, there's a whole sink in front of you. And normally it's right in front of you too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's this little like uh, video of teachers in in China, I believe, in China, teaching the little kids in kindergarten how to wipe their booties. And they would sit on the little, you know, the kitty chairs that are about a foot and a half and they would tie two little balloons to the back of the kitty chair and she would turn around and show them how to clean between the, the balloons it was so cute because the balloons would shake like booty cheeks <laughs> oh my god yes i was gonna send y'all a video but i thought it was gonna be very inappropriate um and i was like oh, i'm going to between us that. between us <laughs> inappropriate Even for us i was like i think this is a little inappropriate um uh, so that so you know homeboy he falls asleep that i'm 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 not i'm not a morning person so i sometimes go to sleep a lot later so if i know that i've been moving around and be on my phone i go to his living room so lately there's like a little there's not like a park next to his apartment but there's like a little block where like people can sit down and eat their lunch and stuff like that and the homeless people lately have been sleeping there so usually it's just one older lady and one older guy and they call it a day two nights ago there was a young a younger set of homeless people a younger couple and this this woman had no shoes on her feet were black pitch black she didn't have no shoes on it like seemed like she was dirty it seemed like it all kept very unkept and it's cold outside so they're clearly like holding on to each other really tightly um, cause they don't have a blanket. They're literally just flat on the floor. And I so deeply wanted to give them a blanket. But then the second that I thought about giving them a blanket, he has his whole hand in her pussy. Oh. He literally is, fi- she is moaning as loud as she can. He is fingering her like if it was no tomorrow. And then he pulls it out and then he licks it. 
And there was something about that that I was like, I'm going to go take a shower now. Like, and I literally got up and showered because there was, it was just. It's a lot. But here's the thing, though. Homeless people and having sex, there's no cleanliness going out. That's like, like a considerate amount. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, absolutely. I watched a documentary on, um, what is it? Oh, 10 city in California. And the homeless people that they don't have access to showers a lot and, and things like that, but they, they, they still got their needs and wants and all that stuff. They still be fucking and things like that. And I, to me, it's, I haven't seen it to that extent, but it happens. Like, I, how do you combat that? Like some of the, some of the women out there, and that's another, that's a whole nother subject about uh, homeless people getting access to, yeah. Like, toiletries and shit like that mm-hmm. um but i haven't seen it to that extent but yeah i mean sometimes you be fucking and you're not all that no, no, absolutely and that's the thing is that like absolutely for them it was like this is the, that is their home the second that they're there they're gonna do whatever the fuck they feel like it feels good to them bringing it back to the medical realm thinking about sex ed how much of sex ed are we actually taught like it's like we're taught just to use protection and that's kind of where it, it lands and it's like, we're not really taught, like, what about cleanliness during sex? What about different types of sex? What about safety during sex? Like, if you're more kinky, like, if there's blah, blah, blah like, what is the relationship? I love how we always bring everything back to sex. This is who we are. But, you know, like, it's like the relationship of sex is a really important thing to be talking about in the context of medical health and your medical health history because it's like there and there's also like myths and conversations that we also need to have it's like you know for people who i think in the gay community people who are hiv positive there's so much of a stigma of like people not wanting to date have sex or date people who are positive and it's like but we know there there's enough medication out there in the world that if you are taking that medication you no longer can give it to your partners and there's a lot of women because it's not just a queer issue, it's also like a straight issue too. And there's a lot of women who have beautifully healthy kids who don't have HIV and they have it themselves because they're taking care of themselves with the medication. And so it's like, that stigma needs to go. Or even a friend of mine, like he told me that his partner had herpes. And I always thought, and again, as a person who is uh, not immune to the stigma of these things and not immune to the the knowledge that I've been given, I was like, oh, if you have herpes, it's kind of like the end-all be-all. It's like, you just can't have sex. It's like, you'll get it. Like, it's it's a permanent, it's one of the permanent ones, just like HIV. Um, but it's a permanent one and it's visible. So it's like, like unlike HIV, where it's like very, if you, if you don't get to the stage of AIDS, there's nothing that's visible. Um, but he was like, no, he's like, oh, like, he also takes a certain type of medication. If he has a flare-up, which is like if he has like certain pimples then they don't have sex because then the flare-up it's like it isn't as easy unless they're wearing condoms if they're wearing condoms then it's obviously less of a possibility um but if they're a couple so they're having a protective sex um but he was also teaching me about that and even i was like extremely blindsided and as a person who's constantly defending people about their sexual practices even i was in the dark about that too because i didn't know that oh, that there was flare-ups or that, you know, you have to be careful about these moments and stuff like that. So I think that that's also, like, another interesting thing that, like, I wish that we had more conversations about. Or even, like, if we're not going to have it in sex ed, 
then why isn't our personal doctor like it's like I think that's another reason why I I would prefer like a queer doctor prefer a lesbian per se but <laughs> I don't know if I want a man a male queer doctor I just feel like I'd get hard and something would be weird um but I think <laughs> you know, doctors should be adapted to having all of those conversations. Like, they should have enough knowledge about every single body's, like, sexual orientations, or even, like, religious practices, too. Like, there are certain countries that cir- that circumcise women. For what reason? I don't know. I don't know why women would need to be circumcised. But even Power. Doctors, like, Power. Like, I don't understand. But what does it do? Like, a circumcision on a penis is to get rid of the skin. What does the circumcision of a vagina do? Girl, they take Tightness. the full clitoris out. When you're talking, when you're talking about other countries doing circumcisions, they take the whole clitoris out so the woman doesn't feel pleasure. I so it was the act like, of sex is com- it up. Uh, that's vaginal rejuvenation. As far as I know, vaginal rejuvenation yeah. is tightening up. But I, I fully understand where Noel's coming from. I, I, there's a stereotype around STDs that makes STDs like even though most STDs are curable and treatable and maintainable there's like this whole like a stigmatism around like people with STDs it's like oh you're you're done like you're out of the game like you can't you know what I mean and they're more common than you think because because we don't go through school speaking about like sex ed and sex education and sex protection like there's let me put it this way we're coming off an era where like in the 80s the hiv and aids epidemic was so huge because we didn't understand it that was not that long ago if we're talking about like the 80s being like you you probably have mothers and uncles and aunts that lived through the 80s like stds is one of those things that hasn't been addressed and people need to be more versed in it if especially if you're a person that's having sex and you're not one of those people that is you know like waiting for marriage to have sex like you're having casual sex you need to be very versed in stds and um like diseases that come from having sex because not all the time like you can be so good about it but not all the time are you having sex that's protected like let's be honest and even if you're having sex that's unprotected with the partner like how long are you with that partner before you have sex with them you know what I mean like these are the things that need to be discussed so that there's no stigmatism around them because that's how you're going to get healthier and that's how you're going to understand more and I think as a person who's having sex you have a responsibility of learning about what can happen how you can treat it how you can deal with it how you can protect yourself from it so (sighs) Like, and, and the, I blame pop culture for it a lot of the times when, yeah, when they're talking about like, oh, you fuck, you fucking with someone that has like an STD is like, okay, but most STDs are treatable and maintainable. So like, which one are you talking about? Because I've, I know, I know most people have gotten STDs. I know most people have gotten cured for it. They're like, oh, this feels nasty to me. I was like, why are you, you know what I mean? Like, that's a normal thing sometimes that's more normal than being a person who's clean and not clean but like has never had an std (laughs) having sex you know what i mean like it's we need to learn more about it we need to be versed more about it and if again if you're open to having sex with people just casually 
and not waiting for you know when you're in a serious relationship verse yourself and what the hell it means so that you're not looking at other people looking down on people for having certain things or not having certain things you know what I mean like this it's just yeah and I know a lot of people uh, again back going back to queer spaces I like almost everyone I know has gotten something at least once Mm -hmm. gonorrhea has gotten the clap has gotten a crabs and these are all things that are not permanent it's literally like hey like two weeks I'm on a commission and then you're right back to normal it's it's normal it's normal especially because you're having unprotected sex and it's like I think another thing too for me that is extremely frustrating is the conversation of like male contraceptives it's like we need to become it's like I don't know it's like we focus so much on we focus so much on like birth control for women or people who have again ovaries and vaginal systems um and there's so much focus on trying to figure out that space and trying to you know like women are the ones who get the shit out of the state because it's like you're the one who physically gets pregnant and you're the one who physically has to decide of an abortion or not an abortion and men don't have people with penises don't have to hold a whole fucking baby so it's like why not why isn't there contraceptives for men when they're the ones most likely to not have responsibility over anything how can we haven't developed science and technology to figure if we can figure it out for women why can't we figure it out for people with penises like it just it just doesn't psychologically doesn't really make sense and it's like again it's all about power and ownership of people's bodies and who we care about and who we do not care about and then even like again like everybody likes to fuck raw people want to feel the skin to skin they want to feel that wet wet they want to feel that tight tight they want to feel those things and so if that is such a big part of our sexual dichotomy then like why are we not figuring out it's like PrEP just came out. PrEP is a, like a very recent thing. And it's a preventative, it's a preventative medication for HIV. So it's like, if you take that and someone has HIV, you will not get it. Cause it's like protecting you from shit like that. But it's like, it took so long just to get to that point. And it's like, why haven't we gotten to the point of like, okay, can we have a PrEP that is for HIV and for fucking, what's it called? For herpes. Because those are the two that are permanent. So it's like, if we're so worried, like, why can't we have the things that are those permanent and then the other ones are, whatever medication you have to take for the other ones to get rid of, those are accessible. It's like, if you know that your client is having a certain type of sex and you know that they're preventative measures, why not give them the preventative measures and make it a lot easier for them to get it? But also, why isn't there more... I blame penises for a lot of things. And I feel like penises are to blame. Why isn't there more? Why isn't there more chastity belts for penises? Why isn't there more things to prevent penises from harming other people? It's the penis, y'all. The penis is the one that's fucking up, y'all. It's like shame on you, shame on you if you are knowingly carrying around disease and just spreading it because you don't want to fucking deal with it. That's fucking bullshit get your shit together especially if you're a person who is not known for being monogamous <laughs> or you know like just you know frugal in their sexual beings fucking protect the people you're fucking at least you may not yeah. love them but protect yourself and protect them shit damn and i know you know i know a friend who slept with this one guy and the guy told them that they were cl- that they were clean again that language is disgusting it's not clean that they don't have an std 
then they end up giving the STD to the person, and then the person then confronts him about it, and he's like dumbfounded by it, and he's like, "Oh, I don't have it." He's like, "Oh, I've gotten tested. I don't have it." But it's like, if you're the only person that they had sex with, then obviously you're the one who has it. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I again, like, testing should be mandatory. Like, testing should be like, a, you should get tested every three months. Or every single time that you step into the hospital, someone should test you for an STD. It's like, the more you know about it, the more you can prevent it from happening to other people. Because that's the reality, is that most people don't know. Because you don't get symptoms. There's something that you might be asymptomatic forever like there's something that you like three four five ten months and you have no symptoms and then there's some there's some people who are the opposite who get every single fucking symptom the second that they get it and so it's like how do we get here (laughs) (laughs) well i'll say this i'll say this i'm already angry (laughs) there's already there's already a platform in which um you can go online and if you are a person that's gotten an STD testing and you feel, I don't know, worried about telling your partner about it or something like that, you can anonymously uh, let them know that you've been recently tested and have come up with something. It's online. You can go online and do the anonymous kind of like a heads up. And basically it'll send them a text or an email saying like, look, you've been in contact with someone who has an STD, please go get checked. That's literally all it says. It doesn't say your name. It doesn't have an information for what you have. It just lets them know, like, go get tested. That's what it is. And if you're, you know, I, I, I am a strong believer that if you, because again, like Noel said, you can be asymptomatic for months. And if you're not in a relationship, you're just having casual sex. Sometimes, you know, you come up with something, you're like, oh, fuck, I, you know, I've been with a couple of people this month you know like it can be embarrassing but that's another platform in which you can use to like reach out to them and let them know like look I went to get tested and this is what happened and you should go get tested again it doesn't say your name it's all anonymous like you can do with it as you wish for anyone who's listening and is positive in any circumstance like in America if you don't disclose those things and you give it to somebody or even if you're un, like unknowing of it um they can take legal action on you like they can put you in jail so it's very important yeah, it's for you crime. to be aware of everything because what is it like you could be charged for what bio is it would they consider biochemical warfare yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like I think that there's like a there's a database where you can look up everybody who has it, and I don't know how accessible that database is, but I know the CDC has it, so they know every single person who has it, or at least has the more permanent ones. Yeah. So we say that to say, be safe, get tested, take all the get precautions that you need in order to get your goods met, your needs met. Be safe. Absolutely. And like, don't be afraid to ask for another doctor. Keep on asking until you get one that you like, especially because it's like for people of color, there are very few black and brown doctors. So it's like you literally have to scavenge your head for someone who like accepts your insurance. But there are organizations and systems that like are in place to like help you fund whatever medical need thing that you that that is like that's a necessity. 
And on that note, I think we'll come to a close. Yeah. Okay, it's been a good conversation. I think it's a necessary conversation to have sometimes. So it's not Period. the sexiest conversation, but Very we make it so. sexy because we're sexy. So we are sexy and sexual. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode, the 20th episode. And don't forget to go and like the podcast on all streaming platforms and follow us on face on facebook follow us on instagram (laughs) we don't have facebook follow us on instagram yeah 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 yeah. we'll be with y'all next week on our podcast of can i help you (laughs) you know bye y'all Bye. Bye.